Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Now it's time to make that break. We're just going to be a mediocre franchise. If he can stay healthy, which he never had. But if he can, he has that kind of talent. He scored inside and outside. He ran the floor. He rebounded. I am a Christmas fiend. But I felt like we were getting ready to kind of hit our stride again. And I like our chance of going into the tournament. I always say, Devin, the most successful people in life are the ones that can make adjustments. You know, in life, you know, no test, no testimony. I, I would just say that I'm, I'm an effort and I coach effort. One of these old school cats got caught up. And for all of these young people who hear this and they co-sign on it, you don't even know what you're talking about. You said that out loud. Were you drunk? There's no way. Look, man, I, who, where you, what? We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, and once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, mama, there goes that man. You Ladies and gentlemen, star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. The first of 2021. The first show of the year, so let me say this once and one time on Happy New Year to one and all. And we made it through 2020. We did. Wasn't easy. Wasn't fun. <laughs> but we made it and looking forward to some great things in 2021. And we have some good stuff, some opportunities for you guys to help out the podcast. A lot of stuff that we want to try to do in 2021. But first and foremost, again, thank you for joining us. Please subscribe. Please comment on any other platforms, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you find it, iHeartMedia, wherever. Subscribe, comment, and share it with your friends. And of course, we want it to be interactive, and I've made that available to you. But first, let me tell you, we want you to go to the WadesWordProductions.com website. That's WadesWordProductions.com. And everything is there. You can listen to past episodes, look at what we have coming up, subscribe to the email list. I've had an opportunity to send out a couple of emails to you guys. So uh, you can do that at wagewordproductions.com. All of the stuff is there. Uh, you can uh, see everything we're doing. And it's a fun uh, way to kind of get some background. If you don't know, a lot of folks listen to me in the city of Houston. A lot of folks who uh, first started listening to me in the city of Houston listen to me all over the country on KTSU. And we appreciate that. Hence, we wanted to create more content for you guys. And that's why we came up with the podcast in the first place. So go to WadesWordProductions.com. On social media, at WadesWord on Twitter, WadesWord, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D, all one word, all lowercase. And uh, follow my, my Twitter feed. I mean, I tweet. Sometimes I'm really on my A-game with Twitter, and sometimes I kind of fall back and I just get my news and information from there because you, I follow, like everybody else, follow some of the, the credible sources on Twitter. But you can follow me because I have information. I break news from time to time as well. And uh, you definitely want to check that out at Wade's Word. In addition to that, you on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. Sports Talk with Devin Wade, the page and the group. Now, What's new for 2021? What's new in 2021? I finally created an opportunity for you guys. If you want to contribute to the podcast, if you want to help us continue to do the things that we're doing and by making a financial contribution, I finally set that up. 
I went to a, I set up something on a website called Libera Pay. So Libera Pay is L-I-B-E-R-P-A-Y, LiberaPay.com. And on there, you can look for me, Devin Wade, or Sports Talk with Devin Wade, no spaces in between. And when you go there, there's several different options and different ways that you can contribute. I did not want to necessarily do this, but uh, producing a podcast like this, as much as we have, it is labor intensive. It is we have equipment, we have other considerations, and quite frankly, we couldn't get out and about in 2020, and probably for the early part of 2021. I know people are doing whatever the hell they want to do, but we're not doing it. So when things are safe and everybody's safe and everybody's cool. And whether it's through vaccine or just the numbers rapidly declining and the masses aren't in danger uh, of getting COVID, uh, at that point, I think we can start to think about convening. Uh, But we couldn't do that. And we couldn't do some of the other things we wanted to do. So I created this opportunity. So I want to kind of explain why I think it's important. Obviously, uh, there are a lot of costs associated with this. A lot of, like I said, a lot of technical stuff, a lot of fees and things that we have to pay to make sure that you, uh, I'm unencumbered and I can bring you as much content as you would like and as I am able to produce. And it, like I said, it's a, it's expensive, time-consuming sort of thing, but I'm dedicated to it and to have some sort of financial support at this point until we're able to do other things would be great. And uh, we think, and I think that what this show has done is provided some unique perspectives, some expert perspectives, some fun, some entertainment. And we want to continue to expand on that and bring you different people from uh, people you wouldn't normally hear from content. that You can't just hear anywhere else. I want to always comment on the major stories in the world of sports, regardless of sport. We want to get in on all of that and, and share our perspective and hear from you guys. But in addition to that, we will shine a light on areas that may not get enough light. There are a lot of things that don't get covered in the world of sports uh, like they should. And we like to. So I look at it like a, almost a sports buffet. This is a, this, the, the world's biggest buffet. And I uh, venture out and I will pick a little bit of this sometimes. We'll talk about a little bit of this sometimes. We'll have a guest from this place from time to time. I want to create some variety, although I want to make sure that we are consistent. So uh, I want to do that in uh, the way to help offset some of the the time and cost of doing this we ask for your contribution so liberapay.com is the site search for my name devin wade or sports talk with devin wade with no spaces now in that you can give pennies a week you can give a one-time contribution you can give a monthly fee couple dollars here whatever you want to give monthly to say hey man i really enjoy this because i'm i'm like you guys if there's something that I'm, I like and I want to make sure it continues, I want to, you know, I'm not a rich man, so I want to be able to contribute where I can to the arts or music. Or so have you ever done this? You bought music. For, I mean, auto music is just about free, but you go out of your way to spend money to support an artist, a musician, or, or somebody that you really, really like. Well, we hope that uh, you feel that way about us. And if you do, nah, look, I'm not trying to break the bank. It's all done through PayPal to make sure that it is safe for you guys. Everything is really easy 
and you can stop it at any time. Like I said, if you want to do it once, you can. If you want to like do it continually, we certainly appreciate that. And uh, like I said, it will help, and you'll be able to hear the enhancements. And I want to do something special, and we're in the midst of figuring out what we're going to do special for those of you who contribute. Now, I know you guys heard of Patreon. This is just like Patreon, but it's LibriaPay. It's slightly different, and it's an easier thing for you guys and for me. So, again, LaBeerPay.com. Search for Devin Wade or Sports Talk with Devin Wade with no spaces in between. And there you have it. So, want to do this, too, while I have an opportunity. Let's look back on 2021. In 2021, we did 62 shows. 62 shows that we did, uh, we were able to do in 2020, right? It, despite the fact that, and if you think about this too, in April and in May, we didn't even have sports. <laughs> I mean, really, it really kind of June too. We really didn't have sports. And even in the midst of all of that, we were able to produce 62 shows providing 64 hours, 64 hours of programming. So you got six, like just if you put me on, it would go for uh, you know two day two days and whatever sixteen hours. <laughs> so you know, so it'll be like almost three days of content nonstop, and that's what we were able to do. And we want to do more. For the first time in 2020, we consistently did two shows a week. We hope to continue that, if not all year long, specifically around football time. We, we'll, we'll see how that goes. There are a lot of variables here, and a lot of it depends on the kind of uh, participation and interaction I get from you guys. What is enough content from you guys for you guys as a listener? And, and, and hit me up, please. Feel free to hit me up, Devin at WadesWordProductions.com, and uh, hit us up with any of your feedback. Will you listen four or five days a week? I mean, obviously, our lives are busy lives. We don't have the time, but how much content do you want? Once a week, twice a week, three times a week? What do you want? Let us know. What do you like? What don't you like? We always appreciate the feedback as we try to make this thing better. Uh, we're going to have, I know, a lot more guests, so we'll keep working on that. So some fun things are ahead. But this episode, this episode, our guy Eddie Robinson from the Special Teams Unit, former NFL linebacker and our European sports nerd, Eddie Robinson will join us. We'll talk some NFL, some NFL playoffs, and get perspective from a former NFL player. What, 10, 11 years in the league? And we'll get his take on some things. We will hear from you guys in a segment that we call We the People. That's when you guys call the sports line and leave a message, 832-941-6614. We have not just one, but Two Lamont Awards to start 2021. And if you've never listened to the show before, we do have several features that we mix in episode to episode. But a consistent and probably the most popular is the Lamont Award. And I'm going to give you two Lamont Awards because this guy, although it's, it's old news, I still have to get this off my chest uh, with this Lamont. Uh, and we'll have an additional Lamont at the end of the show. We'll get into some headlines. We'll hear from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, and our sponsor, Cobank Homes, and uh, whatever else comes our way. So let's not hesitate another minute. Let's get into some headlines. 
In headlines, well, there were a lot of things I had planned to talk about, and I guess I will, but I was interrupted by the fact that there were folks storming uh, the Capitol building. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't sure we would have a republic there for a moment, as uh, I'll get to that a little bit later on. I had not planned on talking about this, but we can get into this as I, I climb aboard my soapbox a little bit later on. But yeah, it was a hairy, scary situation, and these are certainly uncertain times, and uh, it's, uh, it's kind of serious. <laughs> it's uh, extremely serious when you think about all the Things that are going on in the last few days of the Trump administration. Notifications are coming in as I speak. So uh, let's look at some of the things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Nick Casario was hired by the Houston Texans to be the general manager, and that is not going over well, according to some reports with Deshaun Watson. He had this cryptic tweet that said uh, around the uh, hour or two after the announcement that uh, something along the lines of, hey, more of the, the, more of the same. Things don't change. And a lot of people are saying that he's not happy with that situation, and he may ask for a trade. You know what? Once I heard the Nick Casario hiring and the fact that they did not, they're the only of the six openings in the NFL – they're the only team that did not request an interview with the man leading the most prolific offense, the most innovative offense in football, Eric Bieniemy. They didn't request a, 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 an interview with him. So there's no hope there. It, it will be more of the same. You will not hear a whole lot of Texans talk. I, they won't be any good. So here's the deal. So you hire Casario or Casario. What is the one complaint? He comes from New England. What is the one complaint that everybody's been talking about? And, and I know that they've had some opt-outs. But the number one complaint is they don't have any talent. And he's their sort of personnel de facto kind of GM. I mean, he, he's the guiding force for the New England Patriots. They have so many deficiencies. Now, again, defensively, they have some opt-outs, some very important opt-outs. So let's, I, I won't go there but they don't have talent on that team and i just don't understand the texans organization's love affair with the new england patriots because unless you bring bill belichick and tom brady with them it's not the same <laughs> you can't replicate that sometimes people are irreplaceable and, and belichick is that guy so you can hire you got Cornell from there. You got Bill O'Brien from there. You have other people. First, you were emulating Denver. That's when you brought in Kubiak and Rick Smith and all that. And now you, uh, you, you, you've had this love affair with the New England Patriots, which is it's understandable that you have this love affair with the New England Patriots. But that's not going to do anything for you if you don't have Bill Belichick. The number one thing they are talking about, is that the Patriots, and I've said this, they do not have talent on that team. They don't have the talent. Who is their best offensive player? Julian Edelman? I mean, which one of the running backs? Uh, Sonny Michelle is nice. James White, uh -huh, a guy. I mean, Rex Burkhead, a guy. Receivers, Nikhil Harry, a guy. That may not, it, like, and that's, it works when you have Tom Brady. But they have no talent. And you hired this guy, who you wanted to hire before and couldn't. And now you go back and double down. 
all the innovative things that are going on, all of the, the bright young minds, and this is the guy you go to and you hire right away that has no talent on his team. Cam Newton had nobody to throw to. No talent. <laughs> and, and Brady wanted out of there because they had no talent. But Casario gets the gig. If I'm Deshaun Watson, yeah, I want out. I don't want any. I've done this. I've, I've played this show. Get him out of here. Let this young man go have a fruitful career. Let him flourish somewhere else because he will not do it in Houston. He will not do it in Houston. What a horrible hire by the Texans. What, what a predictable hire by the Texans. And it's more of the same. The whole I've been reading the, the I finally got around to reading the Jack Easterby, the article about him on in SI. And I'm telling you, man, it's a situation where it's it's a weird place over there. And I you never understand who can get the ear of the owner. But I mean how how to get the ear of the owner. And uh, apparently Jack Easterby is kind of a a guy who's able to do that. It's a terrible terrible hire. But that comes against the backdrop of the playoffs, and the playoffs are coming up. And guess who won't have their coach? <laughs> the Cleveland Browns will not have Kevin Stavansky. He is COVID positive. So when they open up and play Sunday night versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, when they go to, uh, uh, to Heinz Field, they will not have their head coach and several other people, and the facility's been closed down. It's been a uh, COVID again in 2021. It is uh, is really impacting the playoffs for the first time. There's some question about whether or not that game will be postponed or not, and that would just throw a big, big wrench. And, and I, at this point, I think the NFL, like whoever you got that can fit into a uniform, we're going to have a game, and then we're going to move forward. To recap so you guys, uh, we can get a little bit into uh, the playoffs. The Bills take on the Indianapolis Colts. And that'll be a better game than I think people would think. Phillip Rivers, I mean, he played better than a lot of people. I thought he would do okay. I did. He just turns over the ball so much. But he put up big numbers. And the reason why I know this is because I had him in fantasy a lot last year. Uh, on any given Sunday, they would be behind. He was going to throw those interceptions, but he was going to throw 50 times a game. And he was going to put up some numbers because they were always behind. So uh, that will be a, a, a pretty decent game. I think the Bills will come out on top. Steelers and the Browns, we talked about. The Ravens and the Titans, last time those teams met, Derrick Henry. I mean, first of all, 2,000 yards. And by the way, Deshaun Watson, the guy that's reportedly unhappy, led the NFL in passing yards. Congratulations to him. So I thought about this too. Like, what does that say about the fact that you did get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, and you didn't have those sorts of receivers. By the way, Jack Easterby was a guy who wanted to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins when he first got there. So, again, you know, I'm not down with the Texans at all. I'm, I'm just sorry. But, anyway, uh, that should be a great game as uh, the Ravens are playing well. Earlier this season, they met, and the Titans were way behind. They made a big comeback, won it in overtime. That is going to be the game of the weekend. I think that will be the game of the weekend. And on the uh, NFC side, the Saints host the Bears, the Seahawks, Rams, and the Buccaneers. 
Tom Brady travels to the nation's capital. And I'm going to get a little bit more into how Washington did their thing and got into the playoffs. So that thing is happening. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, we, I want to get more into the NBA stuff, but I had planned on doing that earlier, so we won't. But there are six coaching vacancies around the NFL, and uh, the teams, of course, are the Falcons, Chargers, Texans, Jags, Lions, and Jets. So those are your teams that have openings. Because Anthony Lynn was fired, Adam Gase, Bill O'Brien, Doug Marone, uh, Dan Quinn earlier, Matt Patricia earlier, and of course Bill O'Brien earlier. But three names uh, came up uh, this uh, this week. So that has happened, and uh, so we can get your thoughts on any of those things. Again, 832-941-6614. The other thing that happened, the Heisman Trophy was given. I have to tell you, I know you have to do these sorts of things. I don't know how you make heads and tails uh, of any of this. And the national championship game is like a week away. And then we don't know what's going to happen there because Ohio State is having some COVID issues. So it's just a mess. I know that they had to move forward to try to, to provide television inventory. That's the best way I've heard it put. Television inventory to keep these programs afloat and keep that money coming in despite the fact that uh, you, in a lot of cases you can't have a lot of fans. So we'll have to see how that goes moving forward, and we have time. We'll get a little bit more into that. But right now I want to go into a segment where I give out the first of my two Lamont Awards. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. But now you know that Lamont Award goes to the player team entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy. Now, this one is the first of two, and I'm self-indulgent because I'm really doing this because I really had this plan to do in real time back when this was a story. It's kind of passed us by a little bit but indulge me first show of 2021 uh, and i didn't get this in because of the holidays and i wanted to give this one to dwayne haskins the now former quarterback of the washington football team obviously uh, you know by now he was cut and after being the 15th overall pick he was cut he had a covid violation he went out after a loss and went to a strip club without a mask. He was seen, pictured, and subsequently went through the paces. He apologized, lost his captaincy. He was the captain of the team. They removed that. Goes out. Knowing that this team could have used that win to clinch a playoff berth. They wouldn't have had to wait till week 17. They didn't have to live in suspense and pressure Alex Smith to come back from a calf injury so soon had Haskins played well enough for them to win a game. He hadn't played well. And, and a lot of people want to make this, uh, and we've had this discussion on KTSU sports talk, uh, you know, Oh, this, they did this because he was a black quarterback and, you know, Booger McFarlane kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, these black quarterbacks, they don't, they come in worried about their brand and, and which, and, and again, the tone I'm, I'm sort of probably not characterizing quite properly. But what he was saying is that these guys worry more about their brands. Booger is wrong about that because there are plenty of guys who worry about their brand and they're responsible enough to do the things that they need to do 
and they play well. Deshaun Watson has a brand. He has a social media imprint. They all do. This is a part of their lives. This is not like our generation. They know what it is, and they still put in the work, perform, and dedicate themselves to being a true professional, brand or not. J.J. Watt in here in Houston does the most off the field. Baker Mayfield has done the most off the field. And J.J.'s credentials on the field are impeccable. He's a Hall of Famer. Baker Mayfield took, is taking his team to the playoffs. And I'm not even a Baker fan like that. But I, I say that to say Dwayne Haskins, second year in, did not do the things that he needed to do to be a success in his league. And see, they're with him every day. So we just see Sundays. We don't know anything about his habits. Does he show up on time? Does he stay late? Does he pay attention in meetings? Is he serious about his job? Ron Rivera would know that. But to not play well and go to the strip club, knowing that you could cost not only yourself but your team an opportunity. I mean, we've seen games and teams put on pause because of COVID, and you went out anyway. So this is not a black quarterback issue. This is not a racist issue. This is not a brand issue. This is a immaturity issue. And some guys just don't want it. Jamarcus Russell didn't want it. Dwayne Haskins apparently doesn't want it. And because he doesn't want it, and that's fine. He, you don't have to want to be a football player. But it's tough when you let your team now. And, and, and Kevin Allen and I, we talked about it, and he brought this back up and reminded me that Ron Rivera is coming off of chemo. He's, he's in recovery from cancer. So he's highly susceptible to COVID. So, yes, they should have cut him. And I wanted to give him the Lamont Award two-step. So, I will. With this. You about to lose your job. You about to lose your job. Get this dance. You about to lose your job. And the fact that he is a big dummy. You big dummy. Thank you guys so much for indulging me. I know it's not exactly timely, but I had it planned. It, it was much, much better if it would have aired the first time. But nonetheless, we uh, want to shift gears and hear from you guys. Time for We the People. We check the phone lines and hear what you guys have to say at 832-941-6614. And, of course, I pose a question. One of the things I'm going to try to do every day, every day, is on Facebook. I am going to try to post a question of the day. So you can go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on the Facebook page, and I'll pose the question, and I will be checking those phone lines to get your calls on. I know I have a call or two that might be dated, uh, but we have uh, we scoured through a few of them, and here are three that we picked out, and I'll comment on those. Let's hear who's first. Hey, Devin, this is Joe Gordwin. Hey, uh, I don't know much about the Texans, but uh, I just wanted to say I think they're in a rebuilding process uh, once they get a head coach. And uh, they can start the process of rebuilding. I think that'd be better off in the future. The Cowboys, I think uh, Jerry Jones just need to fire himself as the owner general manager and hire a real general manager. And I think the Cowboys can turn the corner. What do you think? Thanks so much for checking in, Joe. We certainly appreciate it. You know, I waste a lot of time in my life. I'm not the most efficient person. I kind of can wander off. I can go down rabbit holes. One way I have not spent a prolonged amount of time in my life is 
assessing and worrying about the future of the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) And so that being said, you know, I think this was just a bad situation for them uh, with the injuries on the offensive line. uh, And of course, with Dak going down, you didn't get the production out of Ezekiel Elliott that I thought you would get. Although the last couple of weeks, I think he looked a lot better. Uh, You just have to wonder what is going on with the organization as it pertains to the coaching. Now, Mike McCarthy on paper was not a bad selection. He'd had a ton of success in Green Bay. He'd done things in Green Bay. He'd made it happen in Green Bay. He beat Dallas in Green Bay while he was coaching at Green Bay. So, on paper, wasn't a bad hire. I think where the worst thing Jerry Jones does, the worst thing that he does is he sticks with mistakes too long. He doubles down on mistakes that that will be the thing especially with coaching we see that here too you, you ride with coaches way way too long and you get your ego involved and you're unable to and then you also his presence also makes certain coaches not want to coach there but from a personnel standpoint this is not a team with the worst personnel in the nfl they have i mean if you look at it they have really three or four nice receivers they have a couple of good tight ends one went down you have a couple of really good running backs in Pollard and Elliott. You, I mean, you have you, you have some defensive guys that are really good. Alden Smith was good for him. I don't know what went wrong with that defense. I know that offensively they have massive injuries. I think they have to shore up some things defensively in a big, big way. But, again, on paper you have talented guys. So I don't think they're the worst franchise. I think we'll have to see if McCarthy can rebound from this. Uh, and we'll have to see what it is moving forward. A lot of people want to blame somebody. A lot of injuries. So it looks like they, they are committed to bringing Dak back. Elliott is there. And let's see what else happens and how they can show up their defense and get right. Because in that division, you're right back in it next year. <laughs> you're, you're right there. You'll be favorite, uh, depending on what happens. Once you get Dak under contract and he it looks like he's healthy again, whenever that is, that he looks like him, his old self, I think you have to plug them in as favorites in that division again next year. So we'll have to see. Let's see what's next. What's going on, Devin? Uh, This is Dave Shepard. It's been a minute, man, but I was just calling in to comment on the James Harden situation. Hey, man, he got to go, man. He's let the fans and the people of Houston know that he doesn't want to be here. And, uh, And I was thinking, why would he open a restaurant in Houston while at the same time saying he don't want to be in Houston? That just don't mix. Also, I think they uh, the uh, Houston Texans, they need to shut down the Sean Watson because, uh, you know, they risking that guy getting serious injury and they really need to, like, shut him down for now and, Start a new next year. Uh, so far, those are the only comments I have right now. Um, I'd like to hear what you guys think. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Dave, for checking in. We certainly appreciate it. And these last couple of calls have come, they came over the break. So uh, some stuff that he talked about uh, obviously has been resolved with the uh, with Deshaun Watson, who the question was posed like, hey, should he sit down the last couple of games, which he almost got hurt. And when it was a moment where he looked like he had hurt his, his arm, 
And uh, luckily he was fine, but that was a scary moment. But, uh, yeah, that was where that call came from. And we'll have to see what happens with him moving forward and if he, in fact, wants to be traded. As it pertains to James Harden, a lot of questions about James Harden. I think he loves the city. I just don't think he likes the basketball situation. They're two and four in the season. But there are a number of teams that are struggling. But i tell you who is in love with that trade. That would be the Washington Wizards. They are enjoying the fruits of Russell Westbrook, although they still can't play defense. They give up too many points in the fourth quarter. They've been losing games, but they've been a really, really exciting team, and uh, they'll get more national exposure as we move forward. But, yeah, Harden uh, with the restaurant, in addition to that, I want to say he's part owner of the Dynamo. And so, I mean, these guys – and then you don't have to be in a city to, to be invested. I mean, obviously, they he, he wouldn't be uh, handling day-to-day. It's not uh, like McDowell's. <laughs> you know, you won't see Harden at the restaurant. I want to say Yao Ming's restaurant is still open here in Houston, and I'm sure he hadn't been back since whenever. So, however that whole thing goes, I'm sure he didn't own it by it's still. But, but nonetheless, you know, these guys own stuff all over the place. Let's see what's next. Wow, crazy trade. Uh, I like the trade. I just found out about it, and my immediate thoughts are I like the trade because Russell Westbrook uh, wanted to be gone anyways. So we've got somebody who has been on the sidelines with injury for for about a year and a half, I believe. If he can come back healthy and strong and we keep Harden in a perfect world, this could work. It could work. We'll see. Not sure who that was, but thanks so much for the call. We hope that you keep calling back. We hope all you guys check in, 832-941-6614. Well, you know, we've learned some things since uh, Westbrook uh, was traded, and and that's what I do like about the immediacy of the comments. And, again, those came over the break, uh, that we get to see how people felt in the moment. And I think think it could work. It could work. What are you talking about working? Are you talking about a playoff team? Possibly, <laughs> possibly. Christian Wood has been the biggest surprise for the Rockets. That dude is a nice, nice player. I want to say he was the player of the week or something, uh, but he he's doing his thing. I know he's a little bit banged up now, and we'll have to follow that. But it could work, but I think that just bide, they are just biding time until it's time to trade hard. And with that, going to take a time out. Come back on the other side with Eddie Robinson. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams.
DJ Anarchy. He is our resident DJ. But if you have music and you want it heard on the podcast, just email us at music at wadeswordproductions.com. Music at wadeswordproductions.com. The genre doesn't matter. We hope that it's radio edit, but you can have your music played and we'll play a snippet at the halfway point and the entire track at the end. Well, I'm going to stand down from my soapbox because I want to get to the Eddie Robinson conversation. Uh, we hadn't heard from him in a while. Hadn't You guys hadn't heard from me in a while. So here is our conversation with former NFL linebacker, our European sports nerd, and from the special teams unit, Eddie Robinson. Well, for the first time in 2021, our guy Eddie Robinson is back. Our European sports nerd, our football expert, our expert on many things. I mean, he's you're like the Forrest Gump of sporting events, man. You end up in all kind of events. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you like if it happened, you were there. And, and I, I'll get to why in just a second. But Happy New Year first. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think everybody was um, after 2020 with all of the stuff that went on. You know, we can have a whole separate show on that. Everybody's looking forward to 2021 and hopefully some better days and brighter times and, and great moments in sports. I hope everybody's favorite team wins a championship. Of course, that can't happen, but we can hope. Yeah, except for your the Atlanta teams, right? You're not a Falcons fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Atlanta <laughs> fans can go 100 years without winning the championship, including that little soccer team that won the championship. You know, my Atlanta fans are like, oh, yeah, yeah, we won the, the Atlanta soccer. I said, man, please stop it. <laughs> Falcons, Braves, Hawks, nothing. Let's so, about a soccer team. So you, know? you know, they're they're like the model for um for soccer teams now as far as, like, getting involvement. They get, like, 35000 40000 They're not like Seattle or Portland, but I think they're getting a, a, a really a wide demographic from what I'm hearing. I think a lot of the brothers really are into the soccer there. I, I could well, be wrong about yeah, that. Well, yeah, you know, I saw a big boy from Outcast. He was holding the, the banner and the flag. And so, I mean, yeah, you when you when you start getting the Atlanta, the hip-hop artists who are getting into the, to the local soccer, then America loves a winner. That's what my coach always told me. And, and if you win, then they're going to come out and see you. And I mean, and, and hey, when you got the Hawks and the Falcons, I mean, come on, man. You you take anything you can, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they do have Braves baseball. But that aside, I call you, uh, well, first and foremost, hey, I want to uh, say this uh, on the podcast itself, and I've told you this. I really appreciate you being on, and uh, we love hearing from you, and I really want to thank you for just really being there and being supportive and being available to have the kind of conversations uh, that people want to hear. So I want to hey, Hey, man, no, no problem. The, the, the more I can do to help, and uh, my cash app is, uh, I, I give it to you after the show. <laughs> I, I love I love the gifts that have come from the heart, but hey, the ones that can fold and you put in your wallet are even better. <laughs> well, we missed Christmas, and so I guess I can tell you the same time I tell the people that I got you a small token of appreciation for Christmas. I okay. Got, I, and since you know it's past Christmas, I can tell you now. I got you a horn for your bicycle. The one the, the, with the black rubber bulb. Hee <laughs> haw. Nah, 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 nah. So, so actually, people can hear you coming. <laughs> actually, a bell would have worked. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't ride with a bell, but I, I have some guys that ride with a bell. When you're riding on the trail, you know, totally off topic here. But if you're riding on the trail and you know that the trail is for bicycles and for walkers, walkers stay to the right. 
Because the bicycles, when we pass, it's like, I'm not the first bicycle, nor will I be the last bicycle that has passed you on this trail. So why are you off to the left? And then when I get to the left, I have to say, bikes on your left, bikes on your left. And then you barely move over. And trust me, I don't want to hit you no more than you want to be hit. <laughs> so, and so some of my friends, they have the little bell, little bring, bring, and, and it works because people will hear that bell. And a lot of times it's people they have on headphones and they're into their music and stuff, and that's perfectly fine. Just stay to the right of the trail. That's my, so my tip for walkers And that's today. something that's content you only get on, on uh, Sports Talk with Devin Wade. You get bike trail etiquette from Eddie Robinson. See, that's stay to the right. That, yeah, that's right. I always well, stay to the right. Well, I call you the, the Forrest Gump of sporting events because you may be at any random sporting event. You've probably been to more things than anybody I know, and I know a lot, aside from media guys. But, I mean, you were at the, what, Sugar Bowl the other night. And yeah, I was at the, at the Sugar Bowl, it was, and, and it was – you know, it's kind of cool when you can go to a game and you really want both teams to lose. Like, I don't like Ohio State and I don't like Clemson. So I can just go there and, and, and be the negative guy. And, and and whoever's losing, you just jump on them and, and hope they lose even worse. That's kind of <laughs> what I did. We had tickets on the Ohio State side. Me and my, my sons went. And so, you know, it was just you get a chance to go to the Sugar Bowl. Hey, why not go? You know, well, only and, yeah, the thing is, there were only 3,000 people there. And I heard the commentator. I checked in on the game. And I heard the commentator says, hey, only a select lucky few got an opportunity to see this Sugar Bowl. You're when right. You, you think yeah. about 100 50,000 people wanted to be there and you were one of the 3,000 and wasn't room for either team. <laughs> it wasn't room for either team. Had on the had on the Saints hat the whole time. <laughs> so, what was it like? What was it like uh, it being at an event for the first time? Uh, well, you're the first person I know that's gone to a major football event since, uh, as a fan, since the pandemic started. What was that experience like with only 3,000 people there? Hey, you know, the, the, the atmosphere was still pretty good. They were they were pumping in crowd noise because, you know, we kept hearing like this little. And, and by the third quarter, my son was like, Dad, I think I think they're playing. I said, yeah, but you know what? It felt good because if they wouldn't have been playing that little ambient crowd noise, it would have just been super quiet, like in the time houses. And that would have been kind of weird. So I think it was good that they just had the little rumbling of, you know, people there. And it wasn't like loud and whistling or cheering from one side to the other. But it was just like that little that little talking in the background kind of thing. So that was good. I like that. I mean, other than that, it was I mean, I think the Superdome did a great job. And, you know, for, for those who don't know, my dad worked at the Superdome since it opened, like before it opened all the way to like in the 90s when I was in college. And so, I mean, I've been to the, the Mid-South Wrestling Championship, you know, the Final Four. I've been to a ton of events at the Superdome, you know all on the hookup through my dad. So <laughs> I guess that's how I got into going to a lot of different sporting events. And so it was cool because, you know, walking in, going to the Saints game, I went way to the lot, like about a half a mile away to park. And I was like, huh, there's nobody here. So then I wasn't parked like right across the street. So that was cool. <laughs> so I was like, I, this is everything was just like nobody was there. You almost thought you were late for the game. And so just just walking in, I mean, you could just tell it was a lot of people. Everybody had the face mask on. So I thought they did a great job. The seats. You know, so I had my four seats. And so you're thinking, like, hey, I can spread out and move a seat or two over. But all of the seats were, like, kind of wired up. So you had to sit in the four seats that you had or you could stand. So, I mean, I thought they went 
above and beyond to make sure that everybody was COVID safe. Maybe you went to the restroom for, you know, for the guys, the urinals, it was like one was open, one was covered. But I think they should do that all the time because, I mean, you don't want nobody right next to you unless they really have to be. So, you know, that, that was one of the cool things that we can keep post-COVID. But it was it was just kind of a cool atmosphere just to see. And, of course, they've had practice with it because they've been having the Saints game. Uh, you know, for the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, they kind of knew the protocol. For me, it was my first time. So I felt about as safe as you could feel in the stadium with only 3,000 people and spread out. You know, I and I don't have COVID yet. So, I mean, I, I feel good that I that I went there and made it home safe. So that was good. So out of all the things that you've gone to, what is the most unusual sporting event that you've been to? Because, I mean, obviously I know. I mean, you've been to probably, I'm sure, Super Bowls and NBA Finals or whatever. But what's the most unique? You know that that's that's a good question. I'm mean, you gonna have to give me a minute and let me think about that. I mean, maybe a dog show is is dog show considered a sporting event? <laughs> so, I mean, what, without <laughs> going too show, long, I mean, like what, what, without going too long into it, what's the backstory on the dog show? How did you oh, because, end up at a dog show? Because I would always go to the Houston. I mean, you've never been to the Houston dog show. Come on, Devin, no. Devin Wade. If you've not <laughs> been to the Houston dog show, the Houston the Houston dog show is a huge event. I mean, I, and of course, I'm sure you've been to the rodeo. So I mean, yeah, in, yeah. in Texas, everybody's been to rodeo. Yeah. But the Houston Dog Show, that's how I fell in love with, you know, I wanted a boxer because I went to the Houston Dog Show and just made friends with the people who like go to dog. They, you know, you show the dogs and you try to win like the Westminster. But it's so much more entertaining in person. Going, I don't even know if they have the dog show anymore. But I used to go every year back when I played with the Oilers. It was it was a real cool thing. Yeah, I hadn't heard about it, but yeah. So I I, I guess I mean so that's pretty unique. If you want to call that, a, I guess they're competing. They're athletes, or, or actually they don't have to be athletes. It's a beauty pageant, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 you're, the dogs are. It's the way they move in the gate. You know, you have to look athletic depending on the breed. If it's a working breed, so yeah. Now I'm getting into. I'm about to buy. A Cane Corso. That's that's my my next dog. I've I've been looking. I've been thinking for the last eight years what kind of dog I should get. And I'm settled on the Cane Corso. I should have the puppy in the spring or in the summer. So that's news at eleven. Once I get my Cane Corso, probably she'll tear my house up. But it, it, it should be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to being a dog owner once again. Well, I I believe in being a, getting shelter dogs. So both my dogs are rescue dogs. So. And you know, I say, look, my dogs want the row. <laughs> they want the green mile. So I, they have a special, uh, subtle appreciation for the fact that I saved their lives. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm I'm more of a purebred AKC dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. Now I feed a rescue dog. You know, I throw him a bone here or there, but. <laughs> I'm not letting them move in. Hey man, be be careful what you say. We don't want Pete on the on the podcast, okay? Right. So be real careful what you say about that situation. So uh, you went, you saw Ohio State, and uh, what do you think about just uh, Justin Fields, the quarterback? I mean, because the quarterbacks are always in the news. You can there's more talk about quarterbacks in the NFL than any other position in any other sport in the world. Always, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what do you I mean, think of him? The, the, I mean, to be honest with you, um, and, I, and my sons and I, we talked about it, and I don't really have a good feeling about Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I think both of them are good college quarterbacks, and I know Trevor Lawrence will probably be the number one pick, you know, for for the Jaguars. And you know, he's from Cartersville, Georgia. He's right up the way. So I mean, you know, and people who haven't been to Jacksonville, I lived there seven years. Jacksonville is not Florida. It is not Miami. It is not Tampa. It's not Orlando. It's Brunswick. It's it's Savannah. It's 
Jacksonville is right on the border, and it's more southern Georgia than Florida. So yeah. I think he'll fit in perfect. So, but at the same time, I thought Fields had a good game. To me, he struggled throwing the deep ball. He didn't, he doesn't have a super strong arm, but he's very accurate. So can he be a good NFL quarterback with a good team and with, with surrounding cast? Yes. Will he be a Dan Marino to lead you to a championship? In my opinion, I don't think so. Like it was some passes, just like guys were wide open over the middle. You know, he got it there, but and, and they were wide open, so they were able to catch the ball and make some yards. But from an NFL standpoint, you need to get it there. And I just, just didn't see that. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, my, my thing with him is I think under pressure with people in his face, I don't know how accurate he is. And and so and and like when I saw Joe Burrow play, I went to the Sugar Bowl last year, which was the national championship game. When I saw Joe Burrow, I was like, oh, okay, he's a number one pick. Like, this guy can get hit in the mouth, deliver the ball, accurate, big arm, all those type of things. I didn't see, I don't see that in Trevor Lawrence. That's just me. And I think Trevor Lawrence is a good player, but I don't just see NFL star big time arm, you know. And, and trust me, I'm not a quarterback guru, so I could be wrong, but right. hey, that's my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, quarterbacks in the news, I'm going to ask you a little bit about that, but obviously the NFL playoffs are upon us, and the Saints, man, a lot is riding on the fact that um, Alvin Kamara may uh, Kamara may or may not be available. COVID also in the NFL striking is a uh, uh, Browns head coach uh, Kevin Stefanski will not be available to coach their so opening round. So Devin game. Devin Wade, can we can we go back? Can we go back on the clip? I've been saying this for two months now. Quarantine. <laughs> it's like if you a playoff team, why don't you have your entire team in a hotel from now until Tampa? Now, if you're the Saints, I am not letting you go home. We are going to the Hyatt downtown. We're going to have prepared meals and everything set up so you can work from here for two weeks. If you can't give me two weeks to win a Super Bowl because – Kamara and all the running backs could play. I mean, what if that happens in the playoffs? I mean, we were lucky that it happened this, well, he this, may, this it, week. It, I mean, do we think he's going to be available? Because it's still uncertain whether or not he'll be available. Well, it depends. If, if he will he will meet the 10-day quarantine if he doesn't test positive. And we don't know, you know, of course, that's the HIPAA rules. We don't know when or he when he has or has not tested positive. And as long as the, the other players, the other running backs – don't test positive, then they, even with close contact, they have a five-day waiting period. So it seems like they should be good because the NFL graciously put the game on Sunday and not Saturday. And then if they had to put that game on Saturday, I think the fans in New Orleans have been like, this is some BS. You know, we going to New York where's the commissioner, you know, especially after all of the Rams and the Rams game and all the type of stuff we've had to put up with as Saints fans. Hopefully he'll be available. Honestly, I feel like if the Saints can't beat Chicago without Kamara, because defensively, the Saints should have enough defense where Chicago shouldn't score a lot of points. And, I, and it's the playoffs. So all it's, it's, and I, my rule is there's nothing but good teams left in the playoffs. That's just how I look at it. So you want to be full strength, and hopefully he's able to go. But if he can't play, I feel like the Saints will still be favored and should still be able to get the victory. Maybe it'll be a little bit closer because, you know, you don't have him. To me, if I'm a, if I'm an NFL owner, man, I'm going I'm to quarantine my team. We're going to go into lockdown mode, and we're just going to focus on football until we till we get through the playoffs, and hopefully we can get to the Super Bowl and not lose, you know, a, a whole position group because of COVID because you just don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, the Cleveland Browns have, have some issues, not only with the coaching staff, but like I said, um, which is big enough, uh, but some players may or may not be back 
and their facility again has been closed. And I know you said it doesn't make much of a difference with technology, but I would feel a whole lot. But if you give me a choice between having my facility open the week of a playoff game and we yeah. just going online, I'm going to pick. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's get in person to make sure you know that this new blitz that I'm drawing up that you actually got it when we do a walkthrough. Yeah, you wanna you wanna get that in person. And not uh, once they give up a touchdown in the first quarter, then you fix it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, Breeze and, uh, and and Michael Thomas and see what uh, what they are able to do with or without Alvin Kamara, uh, who again had that huge day on on Christmas um, with the six with those six touchdowns, six touchdowns, unbelievable yeah, with, with the man. with the red and green shoes. And and come on, man. So how many kids went home and told their parents, "Hey, man, I want to have." A two pair of mismatched views like Alvin Kamara. So now instead of buying one pair of Adidas, everybody's <laughs> getting two pair of Adidas for Christmas. And so for a five thousand fine, I'm sure Adidas was like, dude, we'll pay that five thousand fine every year. Cause that was like big time marketing to have that red and green shoe when you go for six touchdowns on Christmas. I mean, that was just perfect. But Adidas and Alvin Kamara. Well, the NFL regular season wrapped up, and and I'll get your NFL uh, your playoff predictions in just a little bit. But uh, what do you think of the conclusion uh, of the NFL season? Deshaun Watson led in passing. Derrick Henry had a, I mean, just a two thousand yard rushing yeah, 2, season. Two thousand yards. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you think about just the, what you saw happen over the the course of the twenty twenty season? Well, I mean, if you start with the AFC South, I, I think the the Texans are still poised to to make a pretty quick turnaround. You know, if you if you get the right head coach and GM, and the the roster with Deshaun Watson is still good enough to compete in the AFC South. But defensively, when you give up 200 yards a game to the same running back for three consecutive games, I mean, that's <laughs> bad football. Now, you may pass for 500 yards, but by the third game, damn it, you're not about to run for 200 yards again. You ain't going for 238 yards and break the record to get 2,000. If I'd had to play goal line defense, we might have gave up 500 yards and six touchdown passing, but I'd be damned if this dude get another 200 yards off after he's done it two times before. I mean, that's just a testament to, to that whole Tennessee Titan offense in Henry that, that even though – Everybody in the stadium knows you're getting the ball, but you cannot stop me. And as as a defense, man, that is a hurtful thing. And it's even more hurtful when they're running the football at you. It's one thing when you can't stop the pass. But when you can't stop the run, it is just embarrassing and intimidating as a defense. So the Texans, I mean, you got to to me, you got to start with defense. And so whatever the problem is, it needs to be fixed, whether it's personnel, coaching, or whatever. But if you can't stop the run, then it's, it's just going to be a, a bad year once again. And um, I think the Titans have to be, you know, the favorite going forward. I mean, if you look at what they have as a team and their style of play, I mean, they can play with anybody as long as they as long as they don't fall behind early. If they can keep a game close or ever get a lead, then they can really take the air out the ball. So you got to be real careful of a team like that. Yeah, but also Buffalo is a team you got to feel good about, and Kansas City is still Kansas City. So I think there are three teams. 
They and and really other teams can get hot. You I mean what if Baltimore gets hot? I, you know, there's some teams in there. I, I think you. I, I don't really believe in Pittsburgh. They've lost four out of five. But in the AFC, man, you have three teams. I mean, Buffalo is a team that can get it done. I mean, they can run decent. They have decent running backs and Stephon Diggs, the best receiver yeah, this year in the NFL. Yep. Uh, and then Josh Allen, we don't talk enough about how good he is. I mean, we talk so much about you know Kyler Murray and and Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and even Dak Prescott and you know and I mean so many other quarterbacks before you get to Josh Allen. But this dude is he's a man. He's breaking all the records up there in, Baltimore, in uh, Buffalo. What do you think? Hey man, I, I love Josh Allen. I picked him in the tenth round. The tenth round, I must say, of my fantasy football league draft, and I got a C minus. I was picked to finish twelfth in my league, but I won. Okay, mainly because of Josh Allen. I think he's a guy that has a huge upside. He's kind of showing it to you now. Last year, super inconsistent. You know, he shows you signs of greatness, but then signs of just being a young quarterback. So now he's really smoothed his game out, where he's. He's eliminating the mistakes and the silly plays, and, th- and, he's, and he's letting the game come to him. He's not trying to do too much. He's allowing his talent to really come forward. And that and Stephon Diggs, I never, I didn't think Stephon Diggs was that good of a receiver, but he's really stepped up his game. So the combination of Diggs stepping up his game and Allen being more consistent has Buffalo like right there on the edge of being one of those teams that you really have to contend with. To me, Cleveland Browns, which, and I'm not a big Baker Mayfield fan, but that's another team mainly because of Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, they have a running attack with Miles Garrett playing defensive end. I mean, that's a team that can stay in the game with anybody and possibly win. So I think the AFC, other than Kansas City, who has, is a little bit notch, a notch above, mainly because of the elite offense, I think everybody else has a legitimate chance to get to the AFC championship and, and possibly get to the Super Bowl. I think the AFC is a little bit more wide open than most people would think. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what do you think? Uh, let's go, go to the NFC. What do you think about the Dallas Cowboys? You go in, look, and I was thinking about you on, on that last <laughs> Sunday. I'm like, these cats actually have a chance to go to the actually playoffs. They have a chance. <laughs> and then they, they go and they had the kind of performance they had. <laughs> what do you think about the, the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC? I mean, that. You, you mean the Cowboys just weren't a good team this year. And it, and it wasn't just because – Dak Prescott, you know, got hurt early. I mean, even before he was hurt, they couldn't play defense. And so I don't know why they had such a huge step back on defense. But to me, whatever how many draft picks you got, I mean, you got at least have four or five defensive players and maybe a free agent coming there because, I mean, offensively, they were able to put up points and score and be competitive throughout the whole year, even with the backup quarterback. We, of course, he wasn't the typical backup quarterback, but at the same time, and they just couldn't play good defense. They couldn't stop the run, couldn't stop the pass. And so, I mean, I don't think they deserve to be, you know, in the playoffs, but, uh, you know, somebody had to win the East. I think Washington, to me, has somewhat of a chance to compete with Tampa because, you know, the way to stop Brady is, of course, to get a pass rush with your front four. And that's one thing is the strength of the Redskins. They can get a pass rush with their front four. I don't know if they can score enough points to beat Tampa, but I think they can definitely keep that game interesting, especially if Mike Evans isn't available to play. I don't know his, his latest status, but I know he had a, he tweaked his knee uh, in that football game towards the end. 
Well, you know, and you look at that, there's so many weapons on that team. You still have Antonio Brown, who who actually stole a touchdown the other day. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one, but he, I did. he the guy was waiting in the back of the end zone for the touchdown, and Antonio intercepted the touchdown. First time I ever seen something quite like that. Um, but you still have Godwin, who's a, a beast. You still have Gronkowski. You have Brait. And then you have those guys in the backfield. So it seems like they should have enough weapons. And really, yeah, I, I guess the defense would will keep Washington in that game, but yeah, I don't think that they can score at all. What do you think about Philadelphia and the, the antics that they pulled uh, Doug Peterson, the head coach? You pulling a guy in Jalen Hurts and you putting in your third, your, what is essentially your third string guy, even when you had an opportunity to win that game and that game would have meant that the New York Giants would have gone to the playoffs. What do you, you think? He's catching a lot of grief nationally. What, what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, my thing is it's, it's not my job to beat somebody else so you can get to the playoffs, first of all. So I don't I don't think he owes an apology to the Giants at all. What and about so, to his team? What about what if your head coach had done that and pulled a guy that you know gave you the best chance to win? I mean, because like you say it all the time, man. Look, it's it's so it's a such a, a big deal to win on Sunday. That's what you live for. And then your coach hamstrings you by pulling the, your starter. I, I don't I Well, mean, let's, first of all, the starter was having a horrible day. Okay. So well, he ran for two was touchdowns. like at 25 when he pulled them. So, I mean, so that's the one thing but that he people ran aren't for two, talking he about. He ran for two touchdowns. And, he was having a horrible day. Let's, let's just be honest. And look at the stats. He was, he was not very effective. Now, yeah, because of his ability to run, he did keep him in the ball game, and I'm not saying that he probably didn't give them the better chance to win. He started the previous three games, so just from a experience standpoint, you threw a guy in the game that hadn't played. So, but at the same time, if the coach and Jalen Hurst said it, and the and the quarterback who came in the game said it also, the coach already had said that hey, I'm going to get the next guy in to get a chance to get some playing time. He's been working hard all year, et cetera, et cetera. But this so is not to, this is not little league. This is not your middle school team. You you're there to win games. And then But oh. you are out of the playoffs. So really you're there <laughs> to get the highest draft pick you can for the next year. So to me, it benefited Philly to lose that game more than it benefited them to win. So if, if the if the consequences was the Giants who didn't win but six games didn't make the playoffs, well your ass didn't deserve to be in the playoffs, no way. So don't blame me because you didn't win but six games. So you should have won more games just like I should have. Yeah, so and, I I, and I don't feel sorry for the Giants in this situation. I, I don't feel bad for them. It's just more about man, how you just gonna not even try? Because he well, he could have took who the says field he goal didn't try? because he, he still had starters in the game. He didn't pull the whole offensive line. He took out the quarterback. And so the quarterback wasn't having a great day. Now, if Jalen Hurst was playing the way he played against the Saints, if he was like, you know, 16 of 20, 250 yards with two touchdown passes and one on the ground, and then you pulled him, it would have been quite obvious what you were trying to do. But in this situation, if you already told this guy the backup, like, hey, man, I'm going to get you some reps in the game. Well, maybe you should have tried to get it to him early. But, hey, you told him that I was going to get you some reps with the last game, and I'm going to get them to you because the game – technically means nothing you know so i don't i didn't see a problem with it but because you, if you told the guy that then go with it but so. when you want to get as much of a look at Jalen Hurts as you can. You've seen him for three games you at this point oh, oh, at this an, point uh, it's nothing to me it was nothing Jalen Hurts could have done in the fourth quarter to make you think he's the guy to keep over Carson Wentz or he's not you already made that decision that Jay, to me if and I feel like Jalen Hurst has showed enough to say I'm going to start him next year and then 
go through the learning process of him getting to be a good quarterback, and then the next year will be good. And I'm going to get rid of Carson Wentz, especially if he wants to leave anyway. And I'm going to trade him and get something for him. But say if he would have went eight for eight and the game went in touchdown in the fourth quarter, does, does that mean all of a sudden, oh, yeah, Jalen Hurst is now the guy? It's, it's nothing he could have – he already started for three games. So the, the fourth quarter – wasn't going to make him or break him. So you know what you got in the jail and her. So let me see what I got in this other guy. Do I, would it, would it, would it, let me give him some live action. So I didn't think it was a problem. I had no problem with it at all. I'm a little surprised to hear you say that because I know you you big. Why do you say because that? Because you are big <laughs> on winning the game. You, and I don't care. You said, you said look, no matter how it comes, it's a big deal to win an NFL game. Yes, yeah, you always want to win on Sunday. And to me, I, I, tell, I told my son this just the other day. I said, and I get this from Greg Williams, Whenever, even in the preseason, whenever you're keeping score, if me and Devin Wade are out in the back and we just throwing pennies up against the wall, as soon as Devin Wade says 2-0, to zero, I'm about to step my game up because you're keeping <laughs> score. And if right. you're keeping score, you want to tell me next week that you kick my butt. So once you start keeping score, I'm turning my, I'm turning my game. I'm game phase on. And so from that standpoint, yeah, I would agree that keeping score is a National Football League football game. So do whatever you got to win. But at the same time, this guy has been practicing all year long. He's the backup. And if I told him I'm going to give him a chance to play, then I don't have a problem with me. The only reason it was a big deal because it was the quarterback. Hey, he took out the middle linebacker, the safety, the left tackle, or whatever. Nobody would have noticed. But it was the starting quarterback, so that's why it became a big deal. Well, the other controversial thing, and it's been talked about quite a bit, and I mean, we went through a whole thing on KTSU Sports Talk on Saturday, is about the release of Dwayne Haskins. And, I mean, to me, when you look at the quarterback position, it's not like the old days when you look at like a Steve McNair or going way back to Terry Bradshaw and some of these quarterbacks that had years, Aaron Rodgers had years that they had to wait to become a starter. It seems like these the leash or the, the, the sort of the time constraints on these guys, they're making decisions quicker and quicker about the quarterback position. What do you think about the whole Haskins situation? Well, I mean, you, you have to make decisions quicker because they're making decisions on coaches quicker and quicker. I mean, a coach, if you go 1-15, you may get fired after the first year. So yeah, yeah we like, saw that in Arizona, yeah. <laughs> right. So if I'm a coach and I'm like, dude, I'm going to get rid of you before they get rid of me. So if I get fired, you're going to lose the job too. So it, it speeds up the process for everything. Everybody wants you to win right now. I didn't have a problem with Haskins getting fired, getting cut, should I say, because he wasn't producing on the field. He was a not a very good quarterback in his first two years to play football. And it's like you and I talked the other day. If the guy was out there, had he thrown 20 touchdowns this year with five interceptions, trust me, they'd have said, hey, man, don't go to the strip club till after the season. They'd have had a talk with him. But because he wasn't very productive on the field, then that leash off the field is a lot shorter. The better you are on the field, the longer the leash. Look at Antonio Brown. He got a long leash. He can run <laughs> around the block. Now, that's short now, but when he was making all-pro type catches for the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, that leash was extremely long. And so some guys, if you late for the bus, you getting cut. So yeah. it just depends on what you did and whether you like it or not. That's just how the NFL works and how sports work and in life in general. If you're the top producer in your insurance company and you're smashing records every year, 
yeah, if you miss a meet, nah, hey, let's talk with Bill. We're going to give him a chance. But if you a dude that's been slacking all year and you missed that same meet, you even be late for that meet, man. We were trying to fire your ass anyway. So it was time for him to go. Right. I don't have a problem with it. Right. I thought he should have been got cut. So right, that's yeah. just me. Yeah, and, and and I agree with the irresponsibility. Like, like one thing you say, like Cam Newton is doing all the right things. He, he, he played horrible. And they really don't have too many other options and they don't have a lot of talent around him. But it, by all accounts, he's been a model citizen there working hard first one there last one to leave putting in the work to try to be a long way it it (laughs) does it it really 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 does and what do you think about booger mcfarland on espn bringing in the race issue saying that these guys pay more attention to their brands and social media than they do getting better at the game what do you think about that well i mean i i don't think it's only black guys of black players in the nfl who are focused on Instagram, social media, Twitter, and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not a huge social media guy, but it's it's all players are on social media and Instagram and that, that what's what's the problem? I mean it's it's part of life. It's part of society. I mean, it wasn't available when we were playing, meaning Booger McFarland or myself, but I think it's something as a player because you always have the helmet on and the NFL wants it that way. I mean you can't take your helmets off, you can't do this, you can't wear anything individual. They want it to be all about the logo and not the player underneath the helmet because that way it's easier to replace number eight a number nine as opposed to replace a person or an image. So they just get another guy in there and people cheer for the logo and the uniform and not so much for the player. That's the NFL mantra. It's the next man up. But if these these guys are individuals and if they want to promote themselves and kind of show the type of people that they are and what they're doing in the community, whether it's good or bad, then I think what's, I don't see a problem with that. And so and I don't think it's just black players that are doing that who are focusing more on what they're doing off the field. I think that's across the league and the cross college and and it's just part of where we going where we where we are as a society yeah and and i think that this is more about it's not a black or white thing and i don't you know i don't even think it's about a generational thing it's a Dwayne haskins thing (laughs) and then i think that's why i'm it's unfortunate that, that mcfarland said that because i don't think you know i understand he i feel like he's coming from a a generation or he, he remembers the generation where you felt like every black quarterback had the weight of the world and the weight of other, the future of black quarterbacks on his shoulder. You know, you want that guy to do right because if he screws up, they may not ever pick another black quarterback. And, and I don't think it's like, obviously it's not like that anymore when you have, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, you know, and I'm, I'm good friends with Doug Williams and, and he talked about that, you know, and the same thing with Shaq Harris right. and those guys went to the NFL Coach Eddie Robinson was like, hey, man, you guys have the weight of Grambling, Black College, the SWAC all on your shoulders, because if you don't do good, they're not coming back and getting somebody else. And I and be honest with you, even coming out in 1992 from a small college, Alabama State, you know, historically black college, I felt the same way. Like they had some, you know, Reggie Barlow, who was still there. He got drafted in the fourth round after me and, and we had another guy get drafted by Cleveland. So. I felt that I was representing the other guys in the conference. I was the defensive player of the year. The, the guy after me was Michael Strahan. You know, the guy before me was Aeneas Williams, you know, two Hall of Famers. So I felt like when I went to the Oilers, I had to play at a certain level to let them know that guys coming from Alabama State and coming from the SWAC can't perform at a high level in the NFL. Like, I can't fail and not do well because – why would they go get the next guy who's the player of the year? Because guys can't play good from that conference. So I felt that pressure. I don't think now just from being black quarterback, I mean, there's so many more 
black quarterbacks now. Even when Steve McNair came out, I can remember talking to Steve like, hey, man, you know, you got to get this thing for the swag and da, da da So, you know, yeah, he had that pressure of I'm a, I'm a high draft pick and I'm a black quarterback coming from a black conference in a black school. So, yeah, it's a lot of pressure on me to do well because the next guy wants to get that shot also. And, and depending on how I do, it may affect the people behind me. But I don't think it's that pressure now because the whole myth of guys. I mean, you look at Colin Murray, you got guys who are, you know, short, non-traditional, but are still highly effective who are playing the quarterback position. I don't, I don't even think there's a the black quarterback stigma is – I'm sure it can come up and is there, but it's definitely nothing like when I came into the NFL where you had Warren Moon and you had Russell, Randall uh, Cunningham. Uh, uh, Randall, yes, Russell, Randall Cunningham. And you had two black quarterbacks. Now yeah. you think about all of, like the Major Harris and all these type of good guys who were really good in college who didn't get a chance to play in the NFL just because, well, you know, we – we want to drop that guy. You know, we're looking for this guy. Da, da, da. But now you got the, the RPO. It's like the black quarterback has taken over college and the NFL at this point. You, you know, look at the Lamar Thomas now, these guys. Yeah, the, the Lamar the, Jackson. So. The guy I think about the most when I think about what they're letting quarterbacks do, because you remember they would not let quarterbacks run. The whole thing is, oh, yeah, if you run, you have a short career because they're going to catch up to you and crush you. And, and we, yep. we've seen in the latter part of the careers of Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton how much – over time, that can affect your your play, but you can still get MVP type play. And Cam well, he is a former MVP. But I think about Tommy Frazier from Nebraska. Boy, yep. in this day and age, he would. And then Major Harris is a guy that would have got a shot. Maybe even on Jamel Holloway from Oklahoma. All of those guys, oh, absolutely, there's tons of guys. Yeah, yeah. that that <laughs> in this in this day and age would have gotten a shot that the NFL just was not having before. It's just the evolution of offense in the game. So before I let you get out of here, this is the time to make your Super Bowl picks before the playoffs. We know the the 14 teams that are in the playoffs. Give me your Super Bowl prediction. Or well, do you, hey, you or do know, you do you want to wait on the Super Bowl prediction or do you want and just make your playoff picks? What what, what would you rather? I'm ready for I'm ready for the Super Bowl prediction right now. You put okay, me on go the spot. I, I can handle it. So hey, first of all, I think ain't the Cowboys. Hold on, you muffle. You muffle right now. I want you to come through clear. The, the, the Cowboys was the Cowboys was my preseason pick. Now I, I have no excuses because I think if they had made the playoffs, they may have done something. You know, they could have beat Tampa, but they're not there. So the Cowboys are out. So preseason, I'm done. But. I would have to go with the- Hold on, you're getting kind of muffled here. Hold on. Kansas City Chiefs, without a doubt. I think you have to go with the Chiefs. In order to in order to be the best, you have to beat the best. And they're, they're still the champs. I mean, they're playing at home, which is no home field advantage, really, because of the crowd noise won't be there. But still, with Mahomes, I don't think you can really bet against Mahomes in a playoff situation until somebody does it and go ahead and beats them. But right now, the Chiefs. In the NFC, I think that's where it gets interesting. When I look at the matchups, and I think the Saints, if they can get past Chicago, which they should, and I'm assuming that they'll play a second-round game against Tampa, and if it's a Tampa without a Mike Evans, I think that kind of that evens the deck a little bit. Uh, and I feel like even though they've beat Tampa twice and it's hard to beat a team a third time, I never felt that way. I felt like if you beat a team twice, why wouldn't you beat them the third time? Probably the better team. So, so I feel like that the Saints can match up with a Green Bay. But also, I don't know if Green Bay can get past Seattle or the Rams because those are two good teams that I think can give Green Bay trouble. Green Bay, you always want to go with your head and not your heart. But I think because Green Bay and the Saints are so equally matched, 
and the Saints have had so much bad luck at the end in the playoffs. At some point, every dog has its day. So I think I think this is the year finally with all of the crazy stuff that's going on in 2020. I think 2021 will be the year that the Saints actually get over that hump, get to the Super Bowl. And I think Kansas City and the Saints would be a great matchup. If I look at the way that that game went earlier in the year, I felt like the Saints defensively were competitive against Kansas City. They didn't stop them, but they were competitive. And if you take that game and take it off a of turf and put it on grass where it'll be at in Raymond James Stadium, I feel like the Saints defensively may even be more competitive against Kansas City. And the offense had a horrible game, but they weren't at full strength. So if I look at that, I feel like going back to the Super Bowl, and I'm going to change my prediction and erase the Cowboys, the Saints over Kansas City, and the score will probably be 38 to 33. <laughs> Remember this. Write it down. You heard it here first. Bet it. Yeah. So any dark horse. Give me your dark horse. Either in, in either conference. Well, my dark horse. I want to say Buffalo, but I'm as I, I rolled Josh Allen to a fantasy football Super Bowl championship this year. <laughs> but I just don't. In the playoffs, it's a different level of pressure, and this is is this will be a second time around in the playoffs. I think they have the the team, but I would have to go with the Titans because I feel like that hardcore punishing style and Henry is <laughs> I mean Henry can just change the the whole focus of a of a defense. So I would have to go Tennessee in the AFC and I think in the NFC I would have to go with Green Bay because I I think if they can get past that first game and they get that second game at home I mean, you don't know what type of weather you'll have in late January, and 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 Rodgers is playing at a high level. I mean, they they are stacked offensively. I think they may have a little bit of Achilles' heel on the defensive side, but offensively, they can score points on anybody. So, yeah, well, like I said, I'm going to go with Kansas City, and I I still kind of want to go with uh, Seattle. I, I kind of want to still go with Seattle, although Seattle, I think all of these teams have fatal flaws. I mean, they just yeah, they do. They, they you do. Know, <laughs> from Green Bay to in New Orleans, if if Drew is not, if he's having a bad day, that, that could be costly. And and I, it's just too, it's wide open. So my dark horse, uh, I mean, Seattle, I think can get there. I think Kansas City is a you know a no brainer. I would like to see I would like to see the Saints uh, uh in the the Super Bowl. Um but I you know Green Bay would be interesting as well. So I really don't have a a team I'm really really rooting for. I mean, I want to see Mahomes do what he does and I like to see him when he plays at his very best. I mean, I just think it really it really entertains me. But I think uh, my my dog horse, just like you, are the Tennessee Titans because you can run the ball, and I like the receivers better than a lot of people. I really like uh, Davis is a little bit inconsistent this year, and he has some off the field uh, emotional things. Of course, his brother was uh, died this year. Um, yep. Yeah. And, and but that AJ Brown, what do you think of that last play <laughs> with the Titans? Everybody says, oh, don't don't do don't don't play a prevent defense. But then you see what happens when you line up in man coverage. You don't have any help. And then A.J. Brown gets a 50-yard pass and sets up the game-winning field goal with 18 seconds left. What what about that last play? And I didn't even mean to talk to you about it, but what do you think about that? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's what got Greg Williams fired. Uh, to me, I think you have to play if, – if you don't play prevent and, and if you're going to play man coverage, you have to bring a blitz. And it has to be a blitz where they're going to get home, meaning that you have a free rusher that's going to get a straight line run at the quarterback. 
But even with that, with a guy that size, to ask someone to play one-on-one coverage, even if the blitzer gets home free, you still have 1,001, 1,002, and he can still throw it. And, and so it's kind of tough either way. Me, I would probably err more on the side of bringing a, a prevent, or if I do blitz, I'm going to try to scheme a blitz where I get a guy free, but I'm still going to have a coverage aspect on the back end. You know, it's maybe somewhat conservative, but I'm, I'm going to give my guys a chance. But if I bring a blitz, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do like Greg Williams, which I didn't have a problem with the call that Greg did. I'm going to send everybody if I'm going to send them, and then I'm going to make sure that we get home. There's going to be a thousand one in the balls out there, so. Yeah, yeah. So how can folks reach you on social media? All right. Is that E-Rob50 on Instagram and Twitter? Hey, man. Well, we certainly appreciate it, and we're looking forward to a great 2021. We're going to get out amongst the people, man. As soon as we get out, or as soon as I get my vaccine, I can't speak for you, but I'm getting mine. But <laughs> as soon as we get the— <laughs> And you get, you get your vaccine. I'm just going to double mask up and, uh, <laughs> take, and take my, uh, <laughs> my echinacea and keep doing my turmeric and my lemon juice and everything else. <laughs> well, hey, man, we look forward to it, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. For more content, go to WaysWordProductions.com. want to thank Eddie. We always appreciate visiting with him. But now it's time for the second Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. Now, you heard Eddie and I talk about Doug Peterson and what he did in the Philadelphia game. And we can agree to disagree, but he has to get on board. And when he hears this, he'll have to get on board with the fact that Doug Peterson was very Lamonish in what he did. He was very big dummyish. So what he did, you have a quarterback. Okay, you start the season with Carson Wentz. Then you say to yourself, well, he's not getting it done. We have this guy, Jalen Hurts, who's a proven winner. This guy wins everywhere he goes. This dude is a a beast. He's not he he's not Pat Mahomes. He's not Deshaun Watson, but he is a a quality young guy. He's smart. He shows up. He works hard. He may be the future of that franchise. He starts a couple games. He starts this game. He starts this game. They have an opportunity to tie the game late in the third quarter. Instead, they go for it. They don't make it. And and I will say this, Hurts sort of had a little issue with turning over the football. I, I give him that. But the fact is, this is a guy that you have to make your decision on, and you want to see him in these pressure situations. The pressure is not to get into the playoffs. The pressure is not playoff wins. The pressure is how can I play in a situation where we really are trying to eliminate a playoff team. If we can do this, this will be big. This will prove something to me and to the team moving forward. And for him to pull him when he did, had the game gotten away from them and they were 10 points down, 20 points down, whatever, then go with whoever. You say, okay, no, this is garbage time. Let's go with Sudfield. Okay, that's fine. I get that. But you had an opportunity to tie the game. You passed up on that, and then you pull him, and you essentially gave up. And that's not good in the competitive spirit of what happens in the NFL. You don't just throw games like that. When you're coming back, this this is a team with a Super Bowl pedigree. You have to establish the fact that, hey, every time we go out, I, you know, Bill Belichick never would have done that. And I understand that they benefited from the loss because they move up. And if this is a, a, a GM call, owner call, okay, I get it. 
but to do it the way they did it, to me, Doug Peterson, and we everybody talked about it. All week long, people have been talking about it. They were eliminated, and Miles Sanders had something to say, and Jason Kelsey and other people chirping from around the, the, the organization about that decision, uh, and along with the mismanagement of the relationship with Carson Wentz and the lack of progression at the quarterback position. So with all of that, for uh, the second Lamont Award of this episode, Doug Peterson, you are a big Dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to remind you guys, Libera Pay, L-I-B-E-R-P-A-Y, search for Devin Wade or Sports Talk with Devin Wade with no spaces in between. And if you are able to contribute, we certainly would appreciate that. Also, the sports line, 832-941-6614. And, of course, the WadesWordProductions.com website and the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group and page on Facebook. Want to thank DJ Anarchy, Cobank Holmes. Want to thank you guys for all the support in 2020 and moving forward in 2021 it's going to be great want to thank dj anarchy and want to thank all of you guys and as always remember these four things number one i don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening two i ain't got no money three i'm not harboring any fugitives from justice and four bye (laughs) this has been the sports talk with devin wade podcast remember You can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.